when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This episode, along with every episode of the Raptors Over Everything Podcast, is brought to you by our sponsor, KFC. So, I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors' 98-97 to loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder on um, Sunday afternoon or Sunday night at uh, Scotiabank Arena. Uh, it wasn't the most fun game, i tell you that much. It was a, it's a clear letdown from what they did, uh, you know, last night against the, the Celtics. Um, if you just compare, you know, the execution, if you compare the effort, if you compare pretty much every facet of the game, they just did it a lot, a lot, a lot better against the uh, the Celtics. And I guess in a way that's kind of understandable. Like, um, you know, you're definitely motivated to play that game. Uh, you just lost to them. You got two days of rest. Uh, you want to see what you can do against that team um, and, and make a prove a point. And then you come home after riding that huge high and you come back. And I don't know. I guess it's just kind of human to not uh, not be as sharp. And um, that's not making excuses, but it is kind of notable because it is strange. One of the hallmarks of this Raptor team is that on a night-to-night basis, you know what you're going to get from them. Um, you know, they, they play really hard. They execute really well. And generally speaking, that's how they get by despite not having uh, an overabundance of talent, especially with all these injuries right now. But, uh, yeah, this was just, you know, it's not to make excuses for the team. It's just they should have won this game. This is a very winnable game. It came down to a really, really dumb error at the end, which kind of made for... Uh, a disappointing ending, but also kind of a fitting ending to a to a game like this, right? Because you know the Raptors on their home floor, they were favored by five points coming into this game. Should have just got the job done. You know the Thunder, they're also shorthanded as well. Didn't have Dennis Schroeder, didn't have uh, Danilo Gallinari. Those are two of their best scores. Um, you know they had to rely on you know guys like Darius Baisley and Terrence Ferguson and you know Abdul Nader and you know. Lou Dort coming off the bench, like it's just, you know, it's, it's not like they had a huge assortment of. Uh, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's not like they had James Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and Serge Ibaka or anything like that. They even have Kendrick Perkins, to be honest. Um, so you know, whatever it happens, it's a letdown. It's a letdown game for the Raptors, and uh, you know, in terms of the ending, unfortunate. Uh, it really did come down to Terrence Davis, uh, who had a chance to foul uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So Shea, uh, who had an amazing, amazing game, but Shea uh, collected a defensive rebound, obviously with the Raptors down one, shot clock turned off. In that situation, 100 out of 100%, you foul. Maybe, maybe if you're in a good situation, you try to trap. Maybe you try to force them to move the ball a little bit. Maybe if they try to race up the floor, maybe you trap them in your half court. Maybe, but for the most part, you're just fouling. The most simple situation is you're fouling, stop the clock, you extend the game. Raptors had timeouts, they could do something with that. However, even though Shea grabbed the rebound in traffic and was hounded up the floor by Terrence Davis, Terrence Davis was step by step with Shea Gilgis Island going up the floor, 
And during that entire time, he did not foul. Uh, on the time the Raptors finally got the foul off, I think it was McCaw, whoever they ended up catching up to him, but 10 seconds on Warnoff. So Shea got the rebound, 13 seconds left in the game, down one. Raptors let 10 seconds go off the clock, and a lot of that is just Terrence Davis forgot the situation, forgot the score. Not quite a J.R. Smith in the finals moment, but, mm, you know, it's like a cousin, a distant cousin of that one. Um, and, yeah, it's just it's a rookie mistake. Um, you know, I, 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 I'd feel for Terrence because, you know, he played pretty well to get to that point. Uh, the reason he was in the game to begin with, to close that game, is because he had hit some key three-pointers in the third quarter and also one in the fourth. And it very much felt like the Raptors needed that scoring boost from uh, Davis, and especially that shooting from Davis. And so Nurse decided, you know what, my rookie's playing well. The rest of my guys, admittedly, they just aren't. Let me try to see what he can do out there. And, uh, and you know, he got burned a little bit. He got burned. It's a rookie mistake. It happens. I'm sure he feels terrible about it. You know, Nurse was asked about it after the game, obviously. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, Nurse was like, 100%, you fell in that situation. And uh, my guy probably forgot the score. You know, forgot the situation. But, you know, again, it happens. It's frustrating. I don't want to put the whole loss on him because it's not on Terrence Davis. It's not. It's it's just the timing of that was unfortunate. But, you know, you look at uh, the Raptors defensively, um, you know, they did okay. They could do better, especially against a team like the Thunder who didn't have that many options left. It's a little strange to me that um, Nick would have the team double team and trap and stuff like that against other teams. But in a situation like this where if you look at who was available for the Thunder tonight, um, you know, in terms of, again, no Schroeder and no Danilo Gallinari. And honestly, the rest of the team, not very good in terms of shooters. You can leave them open for the most part. A little surprising to see the Raptors not trap more often. You would think if this was a situation where you would trap a lot. You would trap someone like Shea Gilchrist Alexander. You would trap someone like Chris Paul, uh, especially when they're going up in lineups where it's, you know, mostly them and guys who would normally come off the bench. And uh, that just didn't happen, which was, you know, it was a little weird. It was a little weird to me that it didn't happen. And, um, you know, defensively, the Raptors had a hard time containing those point guards. Um, you know, well, if it wasn't Shea, who was just killing in the first half, it was Chris Paul, who was really killing in the second half. Uh, you look at the last, the, the game-winning ba- basket, you know, Shea is able to get downhill. He's able to go around Fred VanVleet on the help and finish over the top uh, of, uh, I think, Ibaka, who was closing out at the rim. Um, the ball managed to bounce in. That was not necessarily a breakdown because this is a tough shot, but still, you don't want to see the guy who has 30 points already going downhill for a layup. That's not necessarily what your defense was designed to do there. And, you know, even, you know, just even in general, it just felt like the Raptors could have uh, had more defensive discipline in a game like this. Um, But, you know, ultimately, what really let them down was the offense. Like, the Raptors only generated 97 points. Uh, The pace, in terms of the execution, uh, and how sharp and how crisp everything was against the Celtics, none of that translated over to this game. Raptors are real slow. Couldn't get out in transition very much. Um, you know, uh, their guards didn't really do a great job of getting downhill. A lot of the Raptors' offense, especially since Siakam and Marcus have gone down, has been predicated on Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, uh, you know, whopping out of the pick and roll, getting to the rim, and, uh, you know, collapsing defense, kicking it out, or just creating something. And uh, Fred and Kyle 
were okay. I mean, both of them had 20 points and combined for 13 assists. And if they won the game, I'd be probably singing their praises. But as such, they lost the game. And, you know, you look at it, it wasn't the most efficient outing uh, by the offense as a team, really, when you look at it. Um, you know, the, the, the Thunder made a very smart call to just uh, collapse the paint. Like, basically, Steven Adams is in the paint the entire time. And if it wasn't Steven Adams, it was Nerlens Noel who was in the paint all the time. And uh, it was just, it was hard for the Raptors to score in the sense that just like, man, they just like, the, the floor was just always, always, always so small against the Raptors. Um, guys like Chris Paul were helping generously off guys like Pat McCaw. Uh, whenever O'Shea Brissett was in the game, he wasn't really guarded. Rondé was very briefly in the game, wasn't really guarded. And it really hurts on those nights when a guy like O.J. Anobi goes 0 for 7 from 3. Uh, you know, the Thunder did allow the Raptors to shoot a lot of threes, and the Raptors, you know, hit a pretty good number of them. If you, if you told me the Raptors hit 15 threes, I'll tell you, they probably will win. And they're probably scoring over 100 points, and that didn't happen today. But um, what the Thunder did a really good job of was keeping the Raptors off the offensive glass. Um, and also, they did a really good job of not fouling the Raptors. The Raptors only shot 12 free throws on the night. And it's not even like it was such a bad um show. Like, there was a terrible Chris Paul travel. Um, but even that, they like, the referees, like, Yes, that was a huge mistake, but then they immediately gave Fred VanVleet a makeup call and he hit two free throws, so it's it's all even. Um, but yeah, the Thunder just did a really good job of just like walling off at the paint, protecting, and it just kind of really you know uh, put a dent to the Raptors' offense. And you know, uh, it's just, I mean, what do you expect? Do you think Fred VanVleet's going to score consistently over Stephen Adams driving at him? Probably not. And um, you know, it's just it wasn't a great day for the offense. Uh, you look at. Um, the way Nick Nurse closed the game, that's really indicative of how bad the offense was because he had Serge Ibaka at center and surrounding him, the four point guards on the roster. Um, you know, McCaw obviously is, uh, as Kyle Lowry explained after the Celtics win, um, McCaw is sort of mostly a point guard. And the guys that were on the floor were Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Patrick McCaw, and Terrence Davis. Like, you basically had a point guard playing power forward. That's how tough it was to open the floor up for the Raptors and it's just you know the Raptors scored 17 points in the fourth quarter uh the execution down the stretch just wasn't there I thought one of the key things there to note was that Kyle looked really tired like there's one possession where I think maybe four minutes left in the game something like that um but Kyle had been out there to start the fourth quarter and uh yeah man couldn't even make a pass half court the Raptors just had to call a timeout um, just to get him a breather, and uh, it's understandable, of course, man. Kyle has really been carrying a massive, massive load. Um, he leads the NBA minutes played. Uh, he's averaging over 38 per game. No one else in the NBA is doing that right now. And yeah, he had those 11 games off because he broke his, uh, you know, th- that finger in his hand or whatever. But like, man, he's just he's carrying a huge load. And you, you know, uh, in the fourth quarter there, I think he largely deferred to Fred VanVleet to run the offense. And you know, Fred can run the offense. Um, you know, he's definitely shown leaps there in the fourth quarter. Fred did do some scoring. Um, I'm not going to say he was shut out or anything like that because that's just flat out not true. But at the same time, the structure of the offense when Fred runs it versus when Kyle runs it is just a little different. Kyle is just a little bit more dynamic. He he, he creates a little bit more for other people. Um, he creates off different situations. Uh, you know, Kyle sometimes gets his own offensive rebound and put it back in. Or you'll drive to the rim and do a little, like, post-up move and score. It's just Kyle has this, like, more savvy and, and experience in his game, whereas Fred isn't quite the same way. And if you look at the way Fred closed out the game, he hit those two free throws, but 
in the fourth quarter, Fred, 0-4 from the field, 0-2 from three. And, uh, you know, it just – it is what it is. And the Raptors as a whole in the fourth quarter, 5-14 from the field. Um, again, it was a winnable game, but, uh, again, it just – the sharpness that they had against the uh, the Celtics that was so refreshing to watch. It just it was absent tonight. It was absent tonight. And um, again, these games will happen. These games will happen. But uh, for the most part, you know, you tip your your cap to the Thunder. Uh, they played a really good game. They were locked in. They were focused. Never really gave up on the game. Uh, the way Billy Donovan staggered the rotation to have Chris Paul or Shea Gilchrist on the floor at all times. Those two guys were consistently in the Raptors' problems, and they got just, just, just enough from the rest of the team to to squeak by with a very shorthanded roster on the road. It's in a it's a very good win for the Thunder. It really is, and for the Raptors, you know, they, they could have they could have been better, uh, and they could have won the game. And I think ordinarily you play this game like I don't know, man. You play this game a hundred times. The Raptors probably win seventy of them, but you know just is what it is uh, in terms of the positives from this game I mean McCaw <laughs> I don't know man McCaw I mean uh, yeah I mean McCaw was 2 of 2 from the field in the 4th quarter hit a 3 from the corner hit another 3 from the opposite corner that was reviewed he had a foot on the line took a point off which actually became a very important play because the Raptors lost the game by 1 point um, but yeah, McCall. You mean I, I liked his decision making. I liked his uh, his his, uh, his his willingness to shoot the ball again. It's the biggest thing is just he needs to shoot the ball, and when he shoots, it it doesn't look that bad. Like I don't know why there is a big willingness for him to shoot. I mean, he's open a lot. Defenses are definitely still leaving him, even though he had 18 points against the Celtics. They're like that's probably a one off. They're leaving him, and today he had 13 points, two rebounds, two assists, two steals, five and nine from the field, three of five from deep. He's just got to shoot. He's got to operate and. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, he was he was all right. I, again, we're, we're judging by a very low standard. I think, generally speaking, people still are not fully convinced about Pat McCaw, and uh, it was okay today. Uh, I would say defensively, he 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 tried really hard against Shea, but Shea's just one of those rare players that is just like has you know. Nick Nurse talked a lot a lot about Shea before the game. Um, Nick actually before the game actually started. Normally, coaches would speak an hour forty five minutes before tip off. But uh, Nick's pregame press conference got delayed by half an hour. I don't know why that was. But um, just to fill the time, I was sort of standing around the court, and Nick came out and sat courtside, which is very rare before the game. Um, and usually if he does that, he's meeting and greeting some people. Maybe it's like a fan engagement thing. Maybe someone's someone rich guy's family's here, and he wants to meet Nick. Whatever. I don't know. That's usually what happens. Um, but Nick was sitting courtside, and he spent the whole time watching Shea shoot the ball, warm up. And when Shea was done with the warm up, he came over, greeted Nick. It was a very quick greeting, but, you know, they made sure to connect. And, you know, that's obviously the connection there is Team Canada. Um, you know, uh, Shea was one of the f- few players that came out um, on social media right at, right after Jamal Murray had tweeted out that he was going to participate in the upcoming 2020 uh, Olympic World Cup or Olympic um qualifying tournament in victoria bc uh next june uh shea committed and you know nick is coaching the team so they got t- together and you know nick then went from there to the press conference where again he, he said a lot of great things about shea you know he, he foreshadowed the game basically by saying shea has like the quickest first step in the league uh and he's really really good at even though he, he's he's got that first step to blow by guys but he's able to de-accelerate make plays whether that's kicking it out or just like scoring he's got a great mid-range game got a great in-between game got floaters stuff like that and yeah i mean that's exactly what happened shea was phenomenal from start to finish um 
Yeah, and McCaw, you know, had the assignment against Shea. That's why McCaw was a minus 10 is because Shea was so hard to guard. And it's not like McCaw was getting just absolutely killed. It was just Shea was that good. Like, McCaw was in position making it tough for Shea, but Shea was making some really difficult shots. And, again, you just got to say great game, man. Shea was freaking phenomenal. 39 minutes on the home floor that, you know, he grew up, he's, he's Toronto native. He, he grew up a lot in Hamilton. Um, shout out to Hamilton, by the way. Um but, yeah, I mean, you know, he grew up watching the Raptors. Uh, he was asked about his favorite moments um, of the Raptors growing up watching the team, and he struggled to come up with some. And, you know, I think that's more of a reflection of uh, the Raptors being so bad during his childhood. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's a local guy. And he had a lot of family in the crowd. Got a huge cheer when uh, his, his face was shown on the Jumbotron. His name was called. He was cheered uh, when his face was shown on the Jumbotron. Him and Lou Dort. Uh, got a hometown heroes um, celebration trophy, like a tribute video. The Raptors have been doing that for all the Canadian players in the NBA, uh, and yeah, you know, Shea's just—he's the man. Honestly, like if you haven't been watching already this year, this isn't like a one-off from Shea. Just, you know, just—I hope people know that. Like Shea has been stellar this year. Um, you know, he's—he's he's really come into his own. Uh, he's averaging this year nineteen point eight points per game. Shooting forty six percent from the field, thirty six percent from deep. Uh, you know, the, the rebounds are there, the playmaking is there. He's a good defender as well. And when you watch this game, you kind of really notice that like the Thunder don't actually have that much offense around him. Like he gets a he gets a screen from uh, Stephen Adams or Norris Noel. That's pretty much the extent of the playmaking that the Thunder do for him. Um, occasionally, Chris Paul will kick it out to him, but it's just like anyone else. You, you get a kick out, you hit a three, whatever. But that doesn't happen all the time. So that makes it extremely impressive that Shea's averaging 20 because he's attacking and creating most of this by himself. So he was great. He was great. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm happy for him. He might already be the best Canadian player in the game. I know Wiggins is more established as a scorer. Um, and, you know, uh, Jamal Murray has sort of had that title for a little bit. But I just think Shea is a more complete scorer than Jamal. Definitely more consistent scorer. Um, and also Jamal gets to play with a guy like Jokic who opens up the floor, passes great, that's huge. Uh, whereas, you know, Shea's, again, working pick and roll with Narns Noel. It's just a little tougher. But, you know, he was he was really good. And uh, what else positives from this game? O'Shea Brissett got some minutes. He got 18 minutes. Uh, that's largely a reflection of OG just getting benched. Like, he was just really, really bad uh, offensively. Um, you know, the Raptors had a couple of really nice uh, passing sequences. One where Pat McCaw threw this wicked pass to OG in the corner, and it was like, the whole crowd was like, oh! And he missed. It was uh, Pat Patterson-esque, I gotta say. Um, yeah, and I just, I feel for OG, because like, defensively, he's making a couple plays. He's not as impactful as he was to start the year, um, but I think also teams are not going at him as much as they were earlier. Um, but, you know, he, he made plays defensively, which, again, this is his job is nothing that spectacular, but um, yeah, offensively it just wasn't enough, man. The guy's 0 of 7 from 3. Um, shout out my guy Big V, friend of the pot, obviously. Uh, but he, he, you know, he tweeted out a pretty, pretty, pretty damning thing during the game as I was sitting beside him. <laughs> he tweeted out that OG has made 11 of his last 63 point attempts, which is 18.3%. And then I looked deep into the numbers. The last five games, OG Anobi has hit 10% of his threes. Uh, it's been it's been tough today. Oh, of seven, and honestly, again, like I described earlier, Thunder were really packing the paint. And when you have that happening, you just got to take him out of the game. And um, yeah, it, it sucks. So OG didn't really play that much because of his uh, 
his his misfiring from deep. Rondi was kind of just a disaster. I mean, he played three minutes, was stable to the bench right after that. In those three minutes, he committed three fouls and had two off uh, had, had two turnovers. How is that possible to have three fouls and two turnovers? In three minutes. And when Rondé came out of the game, he knew he was not going to come back in because he just took his headband off and he whipped it to the scorer's table and he just, like, sauntered and sat at the end of the bench. And I, I felt for the guy, really. It's just frustrating. He just played a game yesterday where he fouled out. He had, like, five minutes. He had, five, like, four fouls in the first half. Ends up fouling out on a, just a, you know, BS call by Tony Brothers. And then the night after, he, it's, it's even worse somehow. Um so Rondé was bad, and, and the recipient of that uh, was O'Shea Brissett, who got to play extended minutes, 18 minutes, again, for the two-way call-up. Um, and really, it's, it's not like O'Shea did that much. Like, the rebounding wasn't quite there. You know, he scored twice, but, you know, mostly just spoon-fed uh, sequences. He missed an open three, whatever, in those 18 minutes. But you know what he did? He did provide mistake-free basketball, which is something you c- you couldn't really expect from Rondé. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's... I don't see it as a long-term thing. I think Rondé is going to have that spot. And on days where Rondé is clearly struggling, Brissett will come in. But uh, didn't mind O'Shea. He, you know, he, he got, he's got some extended run there. Um, Terrence Davis had some threes. But, of course, he had that mistake at the end, which really, really did suck. I uh, thought Serge could have done more in a game like this. Um, you know, he did a lot. Don't get me wrong. Serge did a really good job. I mean, he got more rebounds than Steven Adams. Not easy to do. Uh, so he got 14 rebounds. Stephen Adams at six. Um, you know, Nick Nurse did a, made sure to tether Ibaka's minutes to Stephen Adams. Um, so whenever Stephen came out of the game, Ibaka will come out of the game. Um, and most of that was just to avoid Stephen Adams, like who's basically three times as strong and thick as uh, Chris Boucher, uh, to avoid that matchup. And it, it, it worked great. Um, you know, Stephen Adams was not that effective tonight. 9.6 rebounds. Two steals, a block. Played good defensively, but offensively wasn't as impactful as you could otherwise be. Large that is just Serge, you know, really exhausting himself getting all those defensive rebounds. But at the same time, I really wanted to see more of offensively out of Serge tonight, man. In a night where everyone's packing the paint, you kind of need your bigs to step out there, pick and pop four jumpers. And normally, that's what Serge Ibaka would love, 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 love to do. Uh, but that just wasn't there for him. He didn't really have a lot of those sequences. He did hit two threes, which is nice, but you needed to hit more than two threes to sort of open up the floor. And uh, it just seemed like Serge was just kind of sloppy. Like, he's just, I don't know, a couple balls, like, um, it, it passes thrown to him inside the paint. He fumbled them. You know, there were supposed to be layups. It turns into a turnover. Uh, you got sequences where Serge fails to screen effectively. It doesn't create separation for the Raptors' guards. And the Thunder actually do have some pretty athletic wing players and made a really good job of guarding their, their man and something like that. And, um... Yeah, you know, there was one key sequence in the fourth quarter. They're down the stretch. Serge Ibaka misses the first screen, tries to rescreen, uh, and it gets called for a turnover because he's committing an offensive foul. And it was just like those small little things. It just wasn't quite there from Serge. You kind of need more than 12 points in a game like this from him. Uh, you can't have the backcourt do all the scoring. It's it's uh, it, it worked for the Thunder, but it did not work for the Raptors because the Thunder, I mean, with all due respect to Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet, Shea and Chris Paul have more scoring talent than them. And you saw it tonight. Shea and Chris Paul combined for 57 points, and Lowry and Van Vliet combined for 40. You know, so you kind of need your front court to make up the difference there, and it didn't really happen. Uh, so, you know, in terms of your KFC bucket of the game, um, you know, the Raptors Over Everything podcast is brought to you by our official sponsor, Kentucky Fried Chicken. So watch the game. Watch the team get buckets with a side of buckets like Original Recipe, Popcorn Chicken, Tenders, or Hot Wings. Order KFC.ca and get buckets before tip-off. So, um, the KFC Bucket of the Game. 
I would say it was probably the fourth quarter. Uh, maybe one of the lone highlights from this game. But, uh, you know, the Thunder had completed this alley-oop going in the other way. Chris Paul finds Nolan as well for a lob. And Nolan finishes the dunk. Hangs on the rim a little bit. And the Raptors go the other way. Terrence Davis comes off the screen with Chris Boucher. And Terrence Davis throws a lob. And Boucher, not only does he catch and dunk the ball, um, but, yeah, he just dunked all over Darius Baisley, who was pointing at the Raptors bench after hitting the threes. Kind of funny. I don't even know who the guy is. Um, definitely a, a little bit of that uh, Ben McLemore behavior. But, you know, Boucher got him back, got, got a bit of revenge. And it was a great play. It was a great dunk. And actually, you know, they completed that same sequence uh, in the first quarter uh, where Boucher, you know, really got up there. There's something about watching Boucher dunk that's just very satisfying. The man's so skinny. Um, and sometimes the guys just throw him such difficult lobs. But and you 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 just when you're looking at it live and you're seeing the pass you're like there's no way that's a bad pass and then Boucher's arms just keep going and going and going and going and going up and catches the ball finishes he always goes up strong. Um, so you know that was good and Boucher talked about it after the game he said he said you know uh, me and TD work on that all the time in practice and finally he's throwing me those passes in the game and uh, yeah so that that that's your KFC buck of the game right there. Uh, in terms of your three stars from tonight's game. Uh, I mean, I guess Fred, 20 points, three rebounds, eight assists. I mean, he was a plus three. I'm not, you can see, you can tell I'm not totally sold on this, but okay. Fred gets the first start tonight. Sure. Second start, give it to Pat McCaw, maybe 13 points, two rebounds, two assists, two steals, 37 minutes. I guess a difficult choice here. Five and nine from the field, three of five from deep. And then third star, I, I guess, I guess I'll give it to. I, I don't even know, man. This is a very disingenuous star, but I guess I'll give it to Kyle. Twenty points, three rebounds, five assists, a steal. Um, the six turnovers from Kyle in thirty-nine minutes was not great. He also did spend a lot of time in foul trouble and complaining of the, the referees and stuff like that. Whatever, that's just Kyle. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. The, those are your three uh, disingenuous stars of the game. I'm sorry, it just I don't feel fully right giving them, uh, but. You know, it's part of the segment, so you got to do it. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, tempted to give it to uh, to, Baz, uh, to Basley, Basley. Well, I don't even know, man. Bayleaf. I don't know what. It, I mean, whatever. Um, but twelve points, five rebounds. He had four threes. The Raptors kept leaving him open by design. He hit enough of them. Okay, but actually, the guy I really want to give it to the Nerns Noel, who had thirteen points, four rebounds, an assist, three steals, three blocks off the bench. Uh, it's the three steals and three blocks that really was impactful because the Thunder were able to, you know, force a couple turnovers and score in transition, and uh, you know, that was pretty big for them because offensively it was a it was a struggle. It was a struggle, and and Nerlens not only was he good defensively in terms of just shutting down um, the pe- the pain and, and taking away the rim with his shot blocking and athleticism, but the three steals and three blocks just generate a lot of open. Uh, run opportunities, and also Nerlens was five of five from the field, three of three from the free throw line, so in nineteen minutes, so. There you go. No one's the wall. So that does it for the podcast. Again, it was a letdown game. It's unfortunate. Uh, those happen. I wish it didn't. But, you know, they're human. They played a great game against the Celtics, and then they followed up with a dud. Uh, you know, it's 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 only regrettable in the sense that, like, these are just winnable sequences, right? Like, the Raptors could have won um, against the Indiana Pacers. If they hit a couple more free throws, if Sergio Baca came up a little bit higher on Drew, or Drew Holiday's brother, Aaron, and... Um, yeah, they could have won that game. And you look at the game tonight. Uh, Terrence Davis commits a foul. Maybe the four is overtime, something like that. I don't know. Or if the Raptors just execute a little bit better offensively. 
Um, but we lose the game, whatever. Ultimately, it's like the second-last game of 2019. And somehow the Raptors play again before the new year. Uh, they play on Christmas Eve against the Cavaliers, which I'm sure everyone in the building will be thrilled, thrilled to be working that game uh, on New Year's Eve to cover the Raptors and play the Cavs. But, uh, yeah, you know, ultimately we're going to forget this game in like a week. So it is what it is. There was a letdown. They lost. It happens. They'll pick it back up against the Cavaliers. And I'll talk to you after that game. So um, thanks for for listening. Thanks to KFC for sponsoring the podcast. And I'll be back on New Year's Eve. Woo. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.